18. Let's go there. And uh, tonight I want to talk to you about having joy on purpose. Having joy on purpose. Look at verse 22, Psalm 118, 22. You know, we're on a theme of revival, you know, and, and we've said much about it. We were talking about joy last Sunday. Let's pick up talking about joy here tonight. Joy on purpose. Joy on purpose. And uh, you know that when you got saved, joy was deposited within you. So we have the capacity for joy. You understand that? You also need to realize that the joy of the Lord, it's our strength, isn't it? And you also need to realize that joy is not a feeling. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is not a feeling, it's a spiritual force. You need to realize that. Now you see, happiness, did you know you can have joy when you have no reason to be happy? You understand that? You need to understand that. Because people don't understand the joy of the Lord as they should, and they think it's a feeling of happiness. Now it, it can produce a feeling of happy, happiness, you know. But joy is not a feeling, it's a spiritual force. See, happiness is... Now, if you're taking notes, you'd want to write this down. We've said it before, but it bears repetition. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstance. If the circumstance is good, you're going to feel happy. If the circumstance is bad, you're going to feel bad. You know. So happiness is a feeling based on the circumstances. Right? But joy is a spiritual force based on the Word of God. Do you understand that? Joy is a spiritual force based on the Word of God. Now, we told you on Sunday that joy, really the joy of the Lord, it's deposited in your spirit when you get saved, when you get born again. And it, you, you, you realize that joy can be full or it can wither. Is that right? Then we talked to you from the book of Joel how joy had withered. And we showed you for, on Sunday, last Sunday, we showed you that the way to keep your joy full is through the Word of God. The, spoken, the written Word, the spoken Word, and then also staying in the presence of God. And I said to you last Sunday that, you know, I've watched ministers, I've done it myself, go around and lay hands on people and they'll, you know, shake, shimmy, rattle and roll and shout and scream and yell and all that. And thank God for that. But did you know that doesn't indicate really that, that they have really joy. It just indicates they're excited, you know, happy or whatever. I mean, you know, you know, how do I want to say this? Just because somebody's shouting and carrying on doesn't mean they're spiritual. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And there's been a lot of good spiritual people that have the joy of the Lord and they don't shout, shimmy, shake, rattle, or roll and they're made to feel like second-class citizens because they don't do any of that. And I'll tell you right now, some of the people, most of the people that shake and shimmy and go on and rattle and roll and shout and all that, most of those people are spiritual babies to tell you the truth about the matter. Most of those people are spiritual babies. You can say amen if you want to. You don't have to. But I know what I'm talking about. You understand that? 
And uh, with that revival of joy that came through in the 90s, there were a lot of good people made to feel like second-class citizens because they weren't acting like crazy nuts. There were some people that were made to feel like if they weren't laughing and rolling around on the floor that they weren't even saved. Spiritual leadership in that hour told people that if you don't laugh and shake and shimmy and go on, and th that, you're, that we question whether you're even saved. How many of you know shaking and rattling and rolling has nothing to do with whether you're saved or not? Your salvation is by grace through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, apart from any shaking, rattling, or rolling. Is that right? You okay? Now, in fairness, in fairness, in fairness, the last thing you want is a dead old dry church where everybody just sits there like a lump on a log. Is that right? Come on now. Huh? Is that right? The last thing you want is a church full of deadbeats that just sit there all the time and you know look at you like a calf at a new gate. You ought to, if you have the joy of the Lord, you ought to have an amen in you once in a while. Amen? And a smile on your face and a skip in your step. Is that right? Huh? Is that right? You know? And then in fairness, there's sometimes, you know, where people did, did the power of God hit them and the joy of the Lord welled up and they did do a little dance in the spirit or they laughed or they, I'm, not, I'm saying that that all is, that, that's good, that's wonderful, but, but you, none of that has to be going on to have the joy of the Lord is what I'm trying to tell you. You getting what I'm saying? And so let me, what I'm trying to get at here tonight is that you don't have to feel a surge of anything to have the joy of the Lord. You don't have to be laughing hilariously to have the joy of the Lord. Remember the definition of the joy of the Lord. Remember how strong defined joy was a calm delight. A calm delight. You understand that? And remember, I, I defined it as a calm steadiness with delightful contentment in any situation. A calm steadiness with delightful contentment in any situation. Now in Psalms 118 verse 22, we need to understand, and, and I'll get to this in just a second, but I, I want to say this. The joy of the Lord, when do you get the joy of the Lord? When you get saved, is that right? Now can that joy be more or less? Yes, based on based on the Word of God. Now, if a minister comes around to you, and let, even if Brother Hagin came, or if he was still living, came around, laid his hands on you, and the power of God hit you, and you, that at best, that's, that's a temporary experience. Even Brother Hagin laying hands on you won't produce the joy of the Lord. Amen. I said it won't. All that'll do is give you a little shake and a shimmy. Amen. Amen. You understand that? Now, I'm not, I didn't say anything bad about Brother Hagin there. I'm just saying, look, what, produ what, what produces your salvation? The Word of God, right? What maintains that, that, that joy? The Word of God. What produces joy? The Word of God. What maintains joy? The Word of God. We gave you these scriptures last Sunday. You understand that? All right? See, the joy of the Lord is not me standing up here telling you a joke and you laughing. The joy of the Lord is not me walking around and getting in front of you and laughing like a hyena until you get to laughing. People do that. They don't even have the joy of the Lord to the full. They're just putting on a show a lot of times. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. How, how, if it's withered up within you how, do you, how do you, how do you get that restored? Through getting in the Word of God. 
The Word of God, the written Word, the spoken Word, and the presence of God is what produces joy. Do you understand that? And makes it full. Now, you need to realize, and what I want to get to tonight is joy on purpose. Joy on purpose. Psalm 118.22. See, the joy is in there. Well, I'm just not happy. Do you have to be happy to have joy? Absolutely not. The circumstances all around you can be fallen absolutely apart and you can have and have the joy of the Lord right in the midst of it. Remember, happiness is what? A feeling based on circumstance and joy is a spiritual force based on what? The Word of God. And the joy of the Lord is your what? Your strength. Is that right? So can you be strong in the midst of bad circumstances? Yes. Can you be strong when everything around you is falling apart? Can you have joy when the economy is going to hell in a handbasket? Huh? Yeah, certainly, certainly. <coughs> Notice Psalm 118.22. This is the day the Lord has made we what? Psalm 118.22. Did I get that wrong? Well, is, oh, it's, it's 22 up here and 24 down there. I messed up. I'm human. That's my mistake for the year. Verse 24. This is the day the Lord... Well, I just wanted to see if you all were awake, and you are, so that's good. This is the day the Lord has made we what? We, w- we will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, is that a decision that we have to make? We have to make that decision. We will do it. We will do it. We will rejoice. Do circumstances have anything to do with it? Absolutely not. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will rejoice and be glad in it. See, that's on purpose, isn't it? That's on purpose. That's a decision that you have to make. We all have to make that decision. In the mid, and I tell you what, it's easier said than done. I said it's easier said than done. Can you have a calm delight in the midst of any circumstance? You can, but you have to decide to do it. You have to decide to rejoice. I, 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 I'll say this later, but this has been strong in me all day. You can get so full of the joy of the Lord. Now, how do you get full of the joy of the Lord? Time in the Word. Time in in God's presence. You can get so full of the Word of God and the presence of God that when a bad report comes, that the joy of the Lord is what flows out of you. Now, we're going to see a scripture here in just a minute, and I said this a few weeks ago, but uh, when the pressure hits and the bad report comes... We're going to find out then what's really on the inside of you. It's not, we, we can't know what's on the inside of you until you're staring adversity square in the eye. I'll tell you what, standing in this pulpit and preaching is one thing. Standing in life, facing the circumstances of life is a whole different shooting match. And the most successful ministers 
are the ones who have stood in the circumstance of life and have had, you've had hell and everything else come at you on every side and you've looked it down, you've stared it down, you've maintained the joy of the Lord and then you see you step in the pulpit and then you've got something to say. Do you understand that? But it's when you're facing that adverse circumstance, you can be so full of God that... that, that and, and, and you can have settled this in your, in your heart long before the adversity ever comes and you stay full of the word of God, you stay full of the presence of God and when adversity comes, you're so full of God and his presence that I tell you what, the joy of the Lord wells up within you and you know what comes out of your mouth? Words of victory, the word of God, amen? I've seen Christians again and again, they're facing down the adversities of life and just grumbling and griping and complaining comes out. What does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. Uh, people that grumble about their job, stop it, says the Spirit of the Lord. And be glad you have one. Oh. Now that was for some people in here tonight. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying to some people. Amen? We will, say we will, rejoice and be glad in it. Notice Philippians 4.4. Let's see if I can get this scripture right. Philippians 4.4. Philippians 4.4. Notice what the Bible says. The Apostle Paul says... Notice Philippians 4.4. 4. What, is, what does he say? Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Always. Is that just when you feel like it? Is it just when things are going good? No. Always. Again. And then he repeats himself. Again, I will say what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Something we're going to have to do. Look at James 1 and 2. James 1 and 2. James chapter 1 verse 2. Notice, my brethren, James chapter 1 verse 2. We're talking about joy on purpose. Let's make a decision to be joyful and be glad in the midst of any situation. Let's, let's make that decision before the adversity shows up. Let's be so full of God and His presence and His Word that when the adversity comes, what comes out of us? The joy of the Lord. And praise God, words of victory, our strength, you see. Amen. James 1 and 2, my brethren, count it all what? Count it all joy. That's on purpose. See, count it all joy. That word count there, Strong's Concordance says this about that word count. It's a command with official authority. Well, you have official authority over yourself. So with official authority, command yourself to count it as all joy. When, 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 when you what? Fall into a bed of roses. Is that what it says? No, when you fall into what? Various trials. That's easier said than done. But it can be done. The Bible tells us to do it. When you fall into various tests and trials and snares and this and that, what are we supposed to do? Grumble and complain or do what? Count it all what? Joy. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you want to get to the point where you're lacking nothing? 
Well, I, I, I want to get there. And we've, we've said much about patience. Let patience have its perfect work. But actually, actually, it starts with counting it what? Counting it all joy. Look, I, I want to read the New Living Translation. I don't know if we have that. We may. But listen to what the New Living Translation says. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way. How many of you, you've ever had trouble come your way? I know I have. When trouble comes your way, consider it. Oh, that's up there. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. I, I, I remember what Brother Hagen used to always say, or actually Pastor Hagen used to say it about Brother Hagen. You know, as he was growing up, whenever trouble came to the Hagen household, uh, Brother Hagen always said, "Well, this is just another opportunity to prove that God work, God's word works." Amen. When 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 trouble comes your way, it's just another opportunity to prove that God's word works. Let's rejoice and be glad in the midst of it. Amen. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And, and to tell you the truth, I haven't really grown much through all the bed of roses that I've had over the years. Beds of roses really haven't caused much growth in me. It's the tests and the trials and the hell and the heartache that I've had to come through. That's, <laughs> I've grown through. Huh? And I'm a better minister now. I'm, uh, having come through some of those things, I'm better able to minister to people. I've obtained a compassion for people. I know what it's like to have my legs knocked out from under me and have my head where my feet were just that quick. I know what that's like. You can't really minister to people with just textbook knowledge. You need to go through a few of the knocks of life, find out what it's all about to be able to really minister to people. You understand that? I remember when I first, when I was a young whippersnapper, uh, about 23 years old, I, I, I thought I knew everything. I was really the dumbest one in the room. and I, I, I knew just enough about the Bible to be dangerous. And I could just quote you off, you know, spit you out of Scripture. And you need to do this, you need to do that. But you know what? That's a whole lot easier said than done. I've come through some things. And I tell you what, I was not very compassionate back then. But I tell you what, the affairs of life have made me compassionate for people. You understand? I mean, we need to speak the word all right, but we can do it with compassion, you know? And, and really, the way you get compassion, in my opinion, is you've got to go through some stuff. But even in the midst of when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. A lot of Christians that I know grumble and complain. And, 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 and I've grumbled and complained. But you know what? We need to repent, don't we? If we're going to have any kind of a revival, we need to have it within ourselves first. And when bad news comes, we need to consider it an opportunity for great joy. Let me read this out of the Living Bible. Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. Now that's the way the Living Bible says it. I would say it this way. Then be joyful. For when the, ra when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. 
So let it grow and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything, strong in character, full and complete. So we have to go through some stuff really, really to be able to be good ministers to people. But in the midst of those bad times, we need to count it all joy. Listen to the Message Bible. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, see, it's under pressure that your faith life is forced into the open. See, your faith life is forced into the open, not until you're under pressure. Then we'll find out what you really believe. Then we'll find out what I really believe when you're under pressure. So when you're under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Well, we need to just count some things as opportunities for joy. Is that right? I mean, in the midst of any difficult situation, really there's two things we can do. We can be positive or we can be negative. We can count it as joy or we can gripe and complain. We're going to do one or the other. Might as well do what the Bible says. Be joyful. This is the day the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Is that right? We all have 24 hours in the day. We're going to spend our time doing something. So we might as well be obedient to the word of God and count it all joy. Is that right? Now let's look at a few examples here of Paul. Go to 2 Corinthians 12, 7. You can never really look at these enough. Look at 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. Look at this. Just a couple of these. Notice this. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now we understand that messenger of Satan was not sickness nor disease. To tell you the truth, what I believe it was, I think it's very clear, it was persecution. Paul got persecuted just, just about everywhere he went. And uh, lest I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of revelations a thorn in the flesh was given me. You know... Uh, I, I've said to my wife, you know, everything would be just so wonderful if it wasn't for this thing and that thing. But you know what? I just described life, didn't I? There's always going to be this thing and that thing. And sometimes the other thing. You understand that? And that's life. And if you think you're ever going to be able to go through and not have something there, then you're sadly mistaken. There always seems to be something. Now, you may have times where you go through where everything's real calm, but, you know, life, how many has discovered there's things come up? Is that right? How many of you know there's unexpected things that come up? How many of you know, I mean, there's times where Diane and I, we're going along just fine, and then the compressor on the refrigerator broke down. And we didn't have the money to pay for it. I remember... Uh, I had one morning to sleep in because and, and, I was working several jobs back then. And, and uh, <laughs> see, people see us now. We weren't always like we are now. Uh, we've been faithful to God. He's been faithful to us. You understand that? Uh, but I remember back then, I'm telling you what, 
And uh, one morning I had to sleep in, and I was sleeping in, you know, and I remember she came in and she said, the refrigerator isn't working, the compressor's broke. And she called, and it was going to be like, I don't know, like $350, $400 to fix it, and we only had about $200 in the account. And everything was going pretty good other than the compressor. Now I've got a problem. And so, you know, what are you going to do? I probably grumbled and complained. I don't thank God for his mercy. And then she called back here. No, the guy called back and he said, uh, by the way, you know what? And this is true. And I, now the day, I don't know, it might have been, I think it was within just two or three days. It wasn't, it wasn't much. It was like two or three days. The guy calls back and he said, I checked it out and your refrigerator is, has warranty on it for just, I don't know, it was two or three more days and it's a complete fix. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Do you remember that? Isn't that wonderful? That was back in like 1991, right back in there. Well, things come up, don't they? And, uh, and, and, and uh, that wasn't a messenger of Satan, I'll assure you that. It was just the compressor was bad. We blame too much on the devil, you understand? Things wear out, you know. Now, and be careful of people that are always blaming everything on the devil. Most of the time, it's just their flesh that's caused the problem. Is that right? The devil is out there now. Don't misunderstand me. Now, how many of you know I don't have any use for the devil? You know there's too many Christians yield to the devil. How do I yield to the devil? When you, when you gossip or tell half-truths. How many of you know half-truth is a whole lot? Huh? You know, Christians yield to the devil all the time when they listen to when somebody's talking bad about somebody else and you don't put a stop to it, you're yielding to the devil. You might as well be having a conversation with the devil himself. Is that right? Now, what made me to get off on all that? Well, I guess somebody needed to hear it. And I heard the Spirit of God say that there's, there's, there's one person in here that that, that, that it's time for you to judge yourself in that because if you don't, the Lord's going to judge you in it. You need to stop listening to other Christians' bad mouth. You need to separate yourself from that and judge yourself or the Lord's going to judge you. Whew. Whew, I don't want that, do you? So if that's you, straighten it up. It's all right if the Holy Ghost moves in our services. Is that all right? How many of you know he's moving when I'm teaching? That's just a word there for somebody. I don't know who. Now notice this. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast. Notice, boast in my infirmities. That's not talking sickness and disease now. That's talking about just the, the, this... The, this persecution and, and, and anything that he was weak in, that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. What's he really telling us there? That he's counting it all joy. In reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses. He's not talking about sickness or disease. For Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I am what? And, and the joy of the Lord is our what? He's talking about yielding to the joy of the Lord. He's talking about counting it all joy in the midst of, of the messenger of Satan buffeted him. 
I tell you what, I've had people talk bad about me. How many has ever had people talk bad about you? I've had them talk bad about me. People that I've been good to, people that I've helped, people that I've made house payments for, people that, that I've helped on every side. And they'll go out and they'll talk bad about it. And word comes to me, you know what I do? I just count it all joy. Praise God. You know, that'll, that'll confound the devil more than anything else is when he throws something at you or somebody yields to him and, 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 and he's expecting you to fall apart and rather you're just full of the joy of the Lord and you rise up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God forevermore. That just confounds the devil and those that follow after him. Can you say amen? Now notice this. In Acts 13, verse 49. Go there. Acts 13, 49. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women. Uh-oh. The devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. See, that's a messenger of Satan right there. People yielding to the devil. But they, what did they do? Did they start crying? Oh. Do you hear them doing that? No. What did they do? They shook off the dust from their feet against them. Isn't that what Jesus said do? And came to Iconium. And, and notice, and the disciples, these disciples were filled with what? With joy and with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're being persecuted. And what are they doing? They're counting it joy. And, and, and look, they're filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. These guys are so full of the Word and they're praying. You know that they are. The Bible says in other places that they, they were men of prayer and they were full of the Holy Ghost. And f you know, it's interesting when you notice that the, the Holy Spirit is very, very closely linked with joy. The Holy Spirit and joy. And, 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 and so you see, these, these guys were so full of the Spirit of God and full of the joy of the Lord that that was their strength. And what did they do? They shook off the dust of their feet against them and they went right on their way. Can you say amen? amen? You need to remember this about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is not in eating and drinking but in righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Those of us who are in the kingdom of God, how many is in here in the kingdom of God? Well, then what is the kingdom of God? It's not about eating and drinking. The Bible says, Romans 14, 17 says, it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. And they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Well, you can see in verse 51, they shook off the dust from their feet against them. See, they're counting it joy. Count it all joy. And they moved right on. They moved right on. And they were full of joy and full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, in the midst of that, they, they could have crabbed and complained and grumbled, but they didn't. They just were full, they were full of the joy of the Lord. The strength of God caused them to just go right on. We ought to learn from this, you know. Good examples here to follow. I'll tell you what, I don't think any of us in this room has ever been through anything like what the Apostle Paul's been through. Maybe somebody has, I don't know. But I mean, this man went through a lot. And he stayed the course, and he made it all the way to the end. Remember, there's a scripture that talks about that he finished his course with joy. Well, we're going to need the joy of the Lord if we're going to make it. I tell you what, have you looked out in the world lately? 
How many has ever watched Gilligan? Huh? Gilligan's Island? Remember that dream sequence that time where he was the emperor and Skipper? How many remember Skipper? He was, he was over the war department, the Navy, and, and, and Mr. Howell was over the finance department. How many remembers that? How, do you remember that? And, and, and different ones, and there was this window over there, and, and, and like uh, the skipper would come in, and, and he said he was, he was dressed in his Navy outfit, and he said to the emperor, who is Gilligan, have you looked out the window lately? And Gilligan said no, and so he went over and looked out the window, and all the ships and the armada was burning and sinking. Remember that? How many of you remember that? You remember that? that you don't remember that one? My gosh, I can't help you people. I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, Mr. Howell came in, who was the Minister of Finance, and he, he wanted, Gilligan wanted an update. He was the emperor, and he wanted an update on the financial situation. And, 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 and Mr. Howell said, have you looked out the window lately? And Gilligan said no, so he went over and looked out the window, and there was just poverty and, and everything, you know. But I tell you what, have you looked out the window lately? Have you looked out the window lately? Things are bad out there, folks. You understand that? But you know what? We've got the joy of the Lord, and this is the day the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen? I don't care how bad it gets out there. We're going to be like the people of God were in Goshen. Remember that? And the plague's falling all around. Huh? But it didn't come nigh them. It didn't come nigh the people of God. They were protected. Is that right? The Spirit of God said to me, the Word of the Lord came to me uh, back just, 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 just about, oh, about uh, eight, eight to ten months. Now, yeah, about eight to ten months before this, this economic upheaval. And he said to me, he just spoke up right on the inside and said to me, that we, that, that spoke to me and said we'd be like, uh, like Elijah by the brook. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know what happened to Elijah by the brook? He got, there was famine in the land. There was, there, was, there was drought and whatnot. And guess what? He was provided for, wasn't he? Well, we're going to be like Elijah by the brook. Amen? Amen? So we have much reason for joy. Is that right? Doesn't the Bible say, I've never seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Is that right? How many of you know, know that, that the Lord shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Is that right? If, if we, I mean, if we support the work of God, is that right? Now, if you're a tipper, if you tip, you don't tithe, that's not for you. And I have nothing good to say to you, you're going to go under. Simple as that. But if you'll honor the things of God, guess what? You've got a covenant right based on this book right here, this Bible, that God will show up and provide for you. Do you hear me? Amen. If you'll be... Now, tippers, God... He, he, I'm not talking about tippers. I'm talking people that have been faithful to tithe and give offerings and support the work of God. I'm telling you, based on the authority of the Word of God, you don't have to worry. And even Well, pastor, it looks like they're going to take my house away. looks like they're going to take my car away. What are you supposed to do? This is the day the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to have joy and purpose, aren't we? Is that right? Look at Acts 14.19. Go there quickly. Acts 14.19. Jews from Antioch, Iconium, came there to Lystra. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and drug him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. 
Now, has anybody ever been beat to death in here? Have you ever been beat? Have you ever been stoned? And I don't mean on alcohol. I'm talking about, huh? Have you ever been stoned? Drug out of the city? Suppose Anybody ever been to Lystra? Okay, so but the point here uh, is is that he had he had something bad go go on in his life, didn't he? Now you know he was getting all those dreams and those rev, or revelations or whatever it was, I guess revelations and whatnot. Was the Lord speaking to Paul? Was the Lord using him? Was he getting beat up? Yeah, he was. Now notice in verse twenty. However, when the disciples gathered around him. He, it's good to have people around you that love you and care for you and will pray for you. He rose up and what did he do? He went into the city. How many of you know if there ever was a time to quit, that was it? Huh? If there was ever a time to say, you know what, I think maybe, maybe I've missed it somewhere. You know, I'm doing everything that I know to do. I'm serving God with all of my heart. I, I'm serving Jesus with everything that's in me. I kept getting beat up and now I, I just got beat up. If there was ever a time to give up and quit, that was it, wasn't it? Huh? Is that right? He rose up and he didn't give up and quit. What did he do? He went into the city. Tell me, he's counting it all joy, isn't he? Isn't he counting it joy? And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. He went right on with the work of God. He continued to count it as joy. Tell you what, we need to hear this message in this hour. Look at Acts 16.22. The multitude rose up together against them. Here, here we go again. You know, you know what Paul did? He cast a demon out of a fortune teller. Set the girl free. And, 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 and people got upset. The people that, that she worked for got upset. And then the multitude rises up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. All he did was set somebody free of the devil. And when they laid many stripes on them, that means they whipped them. They threw them into the prison. That was the innermost prison. Having the j- jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them, yeah, there it is, in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Has anybody ever been in a situation like that? If there was ever a time to give up and quit, that might have been it too. You've got to understand this about the Apostle Paul. You need to realize that he, he, he you know, he, 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 do you understand this man was probably one of the greatest servants of God that we've ever, we've ever known, we've ever, ever seen, and he's doing the work of God, and I mean, he's getting persecuted, isn't he? Isn't he? And at midnight, Paul and Silas, you've heard this before, but you need to hear it again. I'm going to tell it to you again. I'm going to tell it to you like you've never heard it before. At midnight, what are they? Are they grumbling and complaining? No, what are they doing in the midnight hour? Tell me. They're praying and singing hymns to God. Are they counting it all joy? I've already seen church church people over the years. They'll get a little they'll get a little upset if it's a little stuffy in the room or if it's a little chilly in the room or you know, I've already been in places where they'd complain if the, if the seats weren't just, just soft enough. We got you good soft seats. That's one thing we have. 
I tell you what, if there was ever a time to give up and quit, that might have been it. But they're in, the, they're in that inner prison. They're, they've been whipped. Is that right? Did they get whipped on this one? They got whipped. Yeah, many stripes. And, and what do they do? At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Are they counting it all joy? Yeah. You know what the book of Isaiah says? It says, my servants shall sing for joy of heart. And that's what they're doing. They're singing for joy of heart. But wait a minute. Their circumstance, they should, they should, well, I don't know that these, I don't think these guys were happy, but you know what? They had the joy of the Lord. And you wouldn't have known it because, because they were so full of the word and so full of the presence of God that, it, that I believe that's what came out of them because that's what was in them. I don't really, I, 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 what I'm trying to get across to you, yes, we have to, on purpose, we have to count it all joy, but what I'm telling you is you can get so full of the Word of God and so full of the presence of God that in the midnight hour after you've been beaten, locked in the inner prison, that it, 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 I'm telling you, you can get to a place where you don't have to force, force yourself to be joyful. It, it's in there, and it, when that pressure hits, it's going to come out. Can you say Amen. It's so full of the Word of God and the presence of God that when the pressure hits, grumbling and complaining doesn't come out and you don't even have to say, well, this is the day the Lord has made. No, that, you, don't even have to, you don't even have to do that because you're so full of the presence of God and the power of God that when the devil strikes, it just comes right out of you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Glory to God. Can you say amen? You get what I'm saying? That it's not something that you even have to do on purpose. I know that's the title of my message, but you don't even have to do it on purpose because it's so you're so full of it that no matter what comes your way, it just comes out. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, here's your pink slip. You've been fired. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can you say amen? Glory to God. You getting anything out of this? Suddenly there's a great earthquake. Foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately the doors were open. Everyone's chains were loose. Did you know that the joy, be, being a person of joy can affect not only you, but others around you? Did you know that? It can be the very thing that gets those people around you loosed. And then the keeper of the prison, he got saved in his whole household. Is that right? And he, he, very possibly, he became a pastor, bless God. All because Paul and Silas counted it all joy and they were full of the Holy Ghost and full of the joy of the Lord. And I do want to say this to you. Because a while ago when I opened this message, I talked about you don't have to be dancing around and jumping around, and you don't. But what did I also say? If you really have the joy of the Lord, you're not going to be an old stick-in-the-mud bump on the log. There's going to be some kind of expression. Can you say amen? There'll be an amen in you somewhere. There'll be a smile on your face. There'll be, some, there'll be something there. Is that right? Glory to God. All right. Well, did you get anything out, out of this tonight? All right, ushers come. Receive the tithes and offerings. Praise God.